0: Samuel cuts it back. Ohio State wins. Flashes, champions of the Mid-American Conference. Little trick play and a throw to Baker Mayfield to tie the game. They're grabbed by Linda. it first. Unbelievable. Chubb will take this all the way. Two yards. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are the first national champions of the playoff era. The Indians have won the American League pennant. It's over. It's over. Cleveland is a city of champions once again. The Cavaliers are NBA champions.
1: I accepted it.
0: Gladiator.
1: Uh, Hello everyone. Uh, Welcome to Pass the Mike Sports Talk. Uh, I'm your host Enzo Orlando. I know it's been a while since I've done an episode. I mean, first one of 2023. I know it's already February, but you know, some things have to happen and stuff in my personal life, but glad we got an episode in. And Of course, with Super Bowl week coming up against the Chiefs and the Eagles, we had to bring in uh, someone who I know is one of the biggest Eagle fans. I know that man is Brandon Lewis.
0: And so, how, how is it going, man? It is great to be back here and pass the mic. I feel like it's been a while since I've been on Past the mic. And, yeah, I mean, it is Super Bowl week. As you said, my Philadelphia Eagles are in the Super Bowl, taking on a game to the Chiefs, and I cannot be more excited to see what goes down this weekend in Glendale, Arizona.
1: Oh yes, it, it is such a you know crazy week down Glenn. just with the Super Bowl, but um, I got the waste management on in my house right now, the golf tournament out there. So um, I'll be, I'll get into that a little later on, but I think we're going to mainly stay focused the uh, Super Bowl matchup, you know. We'll we'll look at some, we'll give you I'll give you a little bit of some betting t- tips on some of what I think will go on. Plus we'll go over the game and then of course, you know, uh the greatest basketball player in this generation or the group, or just one of the greatest of all time, LeBron James, you know, past Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in the scoring record. So Brandon, I'll get into that soon. But Brandon, let's start out uh, with Super Bowl 57. What is your thoughts on this? And how do you think your Eagles are going to look coming out on Sunday?
0: So, Enzo, I think this is very similar to the Eagles game and team that played the New England Patriots five years ago in Super Bowl 52. Because in that game, the Philadelphia Eagles have the better roster. The New England Patriots have the better quarterback. Uh, I believe the same thing is true in this game. And as great as Jalen Hurts is, uh, at this point in time, he, he is not Patrick Mahomes. Uh, with that being said, I believe if you take a look at the totality of this game, uh, weapons, offensive line, defensive line, secondary, linebacker, special teams, all of it kind of points to the Eagles as a totality have the best team. Now, I give you obviously Kansas City as Travis Kelsey, uh, but if if you combine the weight of AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Miles Sanders, Dallas Connor, I think Philadelphia again as a whole has the advantage in weapons. Uh, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, much like the Triple 52 contest. I think the Eagles' offensive and defensive lines, which have both been number one in the NFL in the trenches this season, I think that they are the ones that decide this game. I think Hassan Redick is going to be a big factor. He's played, like, the defensive player of the year all year this season and has barely gotten any recognition. I think Philadelphia comes out. I think that they win a very close game. I said on my podcast this week, Brins World, I am predicting the Eagles to win.
1: 34 to 31 wow high scoring matchup and that's what I'm really feeling about this one too like I am getting uh similar vibes to Super Bowl 52 when they took on the Patriots so I'm really feeling that it's like you know like you say you know the Eagles had one of the best lines both on defensive and offensive side and I mean Jalen Hurts had an incredible season I mean he's got weapons on offense now too which has been a big help i mean the eagles i think a lot of people were expecting them to be good but i don't think they were expecting to be like already in the super Bowl already in the nick sirianni second season as the head coach so i think that's what really amazed a lot of people but i think if i'm looking at kansas city i mean they got patrick mahomes got travis kelsey andy reed still your head coach i mean i know their defense is solid but not as good as Phillies, and they did lose key pieces in the offseason on offense. So I think that's going to be a big hurt for Kansas City right there other than just keep on going to Kelsey or Juju Smith-Schutzer. I mean, so Kansas City's really got to come up with a plan to really, you know, play well against that Eagles defense. And speaking of Andy Reid, he's going up against his former team, the Eagles. Uh, did lead him to a Super Bowl against the Patriots back in 04 didn't end well for them. And that was staying on his former team. So some people are calling it the Andy Reid ball.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing about, about Andy Reid. Obviously he had 14 great years in Philadelphia. But he also, in a way, underachieved there. You know, he did make five NFC Championship games, only made one Super Bowl, which to me is is vastly underachievement. You mentioned that they did lose that Super Bowl to the New England Patriots. A Super Bowl that they very easily could have won if Andy Reid would have managed the clock better. Um, I do think in this day and age, I think Andy Reid has done a great job of evolving, taking advantage of the rules in today's football. uh, You could certainly make the argument that in today's current NFL, Andy Reid is the best coach, and that includes Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots in the National Football League. Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes has obviously helped him out a lot. But I do think that people are underestimating Nick Sirianni, the Philadelphia Eagles head coach. You know, you mentioned earlier uh, not a lot of people expected the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl this early. Uh the Eagles this year, their over-under entering the season ends up was at nine and a half. And they ended up getting way over at 14. That was obviously five games over, which was the most over by any team in the national football league this season. Uh, Sirianni had a disastrous first press conference that left a lot of people in the media, both nationally and locally in Philadelphia, shaking their heads, Uh, especially after the team fired a Super Bowl winning head coach in Doug Peterson. But Nick Seriani has done nothing but improve each day. Uh, he has embodied what it means to be a Philadelphia Eagles head coach. He has embodied what it means to be in the city of Philadelphia. And I think that Nick Seriani, who, who remind you, was a Division three wide receiver at Mount Union. Um, he has always had a chip on his shoulder, and I think he is one of the most underrated head coaches in the NFL. I think him not getting even a vote for Coach of the Year award is a disgrace, uh, and I think that him and his players are going to be out to prove something this Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, great to really mention that Nick year. Yeah, I know I touched base on him a bit, but you know him also... Went to school in Northeast Ohio at a pretty good Division Three school in Mountain Union, known for winning a lot of championships in that level of college football. But speaking of Northeast Ohio and the Super Bowl, uh, the big talk of it has been the Sea brothers going up against each other. Jason and Travis playing, up, playing against each other, first time. Super Bowl first time this ever happened in Super Bowl history. Two brothers going up against each other. Both of them went to high school in Cleveland Heights. They both went to Cincinnati for college. And they're both in the NFL now. And, you know, the other big talk has been their mom and the double jersey and that. I mean, I know the media is covering it all and everything, but I still think it's pretty cool. Not because, the, you know, their brother's going into jail, but their brother's from the greater Cleveland area. And they still show a lot of love for the city and everything, even though they never got to play for the Browns or anything. But, I mean, it's still pretty cool to see that.
0: Yeah, you know, during Super Bowl Media Day Monday night, uh somebody and I forget who, I apologize for that, but they were interviewing Jason Kelsey. And he said, you know, yeah, me and Travis, we always dreamed about playing uh in in the Super Bowl on the same team as the Browns. And then he paused and said, Yeah, that'll never happen. Um, so I, I mean, you're right. These guys just, I mean, they're, they're both obviously very special players, great family. Uh, Jason Kelsey is Owen two against his brother, Travis, and he will be looking to make it one and two on Sunday.
1: Well, wow, very interesting. So, I mean, just kind of looking at how this Super Bowl is, I mean, Jason Mike is first victory uh, against brother. I mean, their mom, win-win situation no matter what one of her sons walking home with the Lombardi trophy
0: could you imagine next Christmas or next big holiday um what that Kelsey family situation is 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 gonna be like because as as Jason said you know the winning brother is gonna have bragging rights over the loser and the loser is not gonna be a happy camper
1: yeah i can really see that i have listened to some episode of the the podcast that travis and jace do and you can just yeah. tell travis is usually the one who's got like the the fighter energy and you know the one who wants to like talk more smack and just think he's better i mean he just has that younger brother syndrome in them which when I mean, i'm the older brother in my family so i don't really get that but I mean, Jason's, you know, the same way. They both got very similar personalities, but they're very, like, nice people, likable players and everything. You don't hear a lot of stuff about them off the field, which is a good thing. Uh, they, do, they do stuff for charities too. It's just I really like that. And I think the other thing people have been mentioning is, like, the first time you're seeing two African-American quarterbacks going up each other in Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, which Mahomes right now is the best quarterback in the NFL. And Hurts, you know, really improved – from last season to this season, which I means still very impressive. I mean, last season he took the Eagles in the playoffs, and many people didn't know if he could be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And now, look at Hurts, he's leading the Eagles to the Super Bowl.
0: I I want to take you back to April of 2020. That was with a 53rd pick in the second round of the NFL draft. Howie Roseman, who at the time was on the hot seat because not only did he draft J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, but in that same draft in the first round, he drafted the lead, literal worst wide receiver possibly in the history of the NFL and Jalen Riker. Howie Roseman goes out, and he drafts Jalen Hurts. This kid who was at Alabama, won a national championship, then was benched the next year for two Tua Tagovailoa and had a transfer to Oklahoma. At the time, he was just coming off... Giving Carson Wentz, who was a big-time stud out of North Dakota State, should have won the MVP his second season in the league if he didn't get hurt. He was just coming off giving Wentz a big-time massive extension. And here we are two years later, and Jalen Hurts has gone from a guy who many people viewed in the NFL as a gadget guy, maybe a backup quarterback, to being the quarterback on the best team in the NFL this season and being arguably, in my opinion, the MVP of this National Football League season. The growth that he has taken from year two to year three has been something as an Eagles fan, which is rare to see. We saw it a little bit with Wentz in 2017, but I would argue, in the stats back this up, that Jalen Hurts had a more productive year than what Wentz had that season. Um, I think the one thing about Jalen Enzo is he is a great leader. Uh, he is never an, an eye guy. He's always a team guy. He's the first one in the building. He's, he's he's the last one to leave, and he is really mature for his young age. And I don't think he gets rattled by the uh, extreme nature of the moment.
1: No, he doesn't. And I think I remember when uh, Hertz got drafted uh, to the Eagles uh, a couple of years ago. I remember, you know, Philly fans were like, "What is Roseman doing? We got Wentz. I mean. Yeah, he's been having a lot of injuries, but, you know, we won the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, even though it was Nick Foles who was at, in quarterback for the playoffs and the Super Bowl. And then you consistently made the playoffs. But then, you know, in that draft, I remember, like they didn't really see the reason why they needed Jalen Hurts. But as you as you look at the two quarterbacks now, I mean, Wentz is pretty much now just a, a journeyman quarterback traveling to different teams and everything. And Jalen Hurts looks like the franchise, for the eagles right now so i mean that's just amazing how like three years can make a difference because in the that 2020 season that was probably with their worst in like the last four or five years since winning that super Bowl, and you know they got rid of doug peterson everything went all that and then 2021 make the playoffs now this year in the super Bowl, just you know a very incredible like very short rebuild by the eagles too
0: yeah, you know, and, and I told people going into last year, you know, I thought the team last year would be better than what people think. I think Vegas is over under last year, which is six and a half. And I had them have about eight or nine wins in a potential playoff team. Um, you know, and then and then this year, like, like you said, now did I expect us to make the Super Bowl? Just like twenty seventeen, I did not. Uh, but I thought this team would get, you know, at least eleven to twelve wins. Um, and I do think that Howie Roseman, you got to give a lot of credit to him too, because. From going to a bottom of the barrel roster in 2020 when you really had no skill position players uh, and the offensive line was getting older and this team was in salary cap hell. To turn that around with great draft picks, uh, great coaching, and just great maneuvering of, of the salary cap is just unbelievable when it's put this team in the position that they are today.
1: Yeah, um, very impressive. My heels bought I'm going to get into a little bit of the the betting side of the uh, Super Bowl. I mean, yes, it's the first year in Ohio where you can legally place a bet on the Super Bowl. I mean, as of Friday, February 10th, two days before Super Bowl 57, we got the spread at minus one and a half favoring the Eagles, plus one and a half for the Chiefs. As a betting man, I think that's not a really good spread bet. But, I mean, it just really makes sense on how we're really thinking this game's going to go. Mm-hmm. Very tight so,
0: game. So, I I believe this. Whoever you believe is going to win that game, bet that side of the spread. Um, Obviously, with it only being a point and, and a half, if you think Kansas City's going to win, I would take Kansas City. If you think Philadelphia's going to win, I would take the, the Philadelphia side of it. Uh, I was surprised the line sort of opened at Kansas city minus three, and then it flipped completely to Philadelphia minus one and a half. Uh, and it stayed that way. You know, it, it hasn't moved at all. Um, and I think, again, I think you're right. It, it just shows really the, the evenness of these two teams, uh, they, uh, both at the same amount of wins and that same amount of losses going into the end of this game, which is the first time in, in over a decade. And they have both scored. I don't know the exact number, but I do know they have both scored the exact same amount of points heading into the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I believe so. I mean, you, like we mentioned earlier, these teams are just very similar overall. other than, you know, hearing some things about some injuries on the Chiefs we don't we know Mahomes is gonna play but that I think that ankle injury he suffered in the playoffs you know something like people are keeping an eye on in that um money line for this game uh Kansas City's minus 100 Eagles plus 121 And me personally I mean I'm with you Brandon I'm gonna be an Eagles fan for today I do have a couple Eagles gear. I got an Eagles hat when they won the Super Bowl a couple years ago because I was happy for filling everything. And I was inflated one time, and then I have, like, a Always Sunny in Philadelphia shirt, uh, Patty's Pub, which is in Eagles color. So, yeah, I mean, the Eagles are always like that NFC team I root for, unless they're playing the Browns.
0: <laughs>
1: hmm. And uh, on top of all that, I'm making cheesesteaks too. But, yeah, no right. Eagles, taking the money line, and then over-under is – 51. It, this game's gonna more than likely be the over. Yeah, I, I, I would say flower offense.
0: Definitely take take the over. I do think there's a chance this game ends up being like a 27-23 type game. So a little bit lower scoring than my initial projection, though I still think that it that it could potentially hit the over. I think the only way it doesn't really is, and this is possible, is if you know we decide we're just going to run the hell out of the football because I do with the Eagles have that capability. And so if they do that, there is a chance that they do slow down the game. Uh, there is a chance that Sanders, Scott Gainwell do have a lot of opportunities along with Jalen Ernst running, and therefore there's less possessions. But I do think that, you know, obviously Kansas City's going to score, even though I do think that the Eagles have the better defense. But I don't think that Kansas City's defense is going to be able to be on par to keep up with Philadelphia's offense. So, again, this reminds me a lot of Super Bowl 52, a kind of similar style when we went up against, of course, Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots.
1: And it is right. And before we get into LeBron James Reagan, the regular the record, we got to mention, though, something that happened last night in the uh, NFL when it comes to the Pro Football Hall of Fame and yes. the Browns. Uh, best player since returning linebacker Joe Thomas is now in the Pro Football Hall of Fame he'll be officially inducted in August and I gotta say I mean congrats Joe I really appreciate everything you've done for the Browns in the city I know you had a lot of losing records other than the first season you played with us but you know you were always that bright spot on the team you know you played, like, the most consecutive games up until 2017. I mean, I know that was the team that went 0-16. But you you were always at one of the bright spots when it came to the Browns. And, Brandon, I know you're, you're yourself known as a Browns Observer. What is your thoughts on Joe Thomas's career in the NFL?
0: Best left tackle of all time. I I think that that is six words to describe Joe Thomas's career you know, over 10,000 straight consecutive snaps. Uh, you mentioned never missed a game, never missed a snap and t- until that injury his last year, which was unfortunate for him the way his, his, his playing career ended. Uh, and just because he was on some very bad brown teams, I think it's a credit that everybody in the NFL landscape, and even some people outside of the NFL, know who Joe Thomas is. Uh, it shows how, how good he is. Without a doubt, he's a first-ballot hall of fame left tackle uh and and cannot be more happy to see joe uh go into the pro football hall of fame and that speech in august is going to be something
1: yeah that is and you know i've been hearing rumors that maybe the browns will be playing uh an hour away from uh first yeah. City stadium down at tom benson stadium in canada yeah. i think that would be very cool to see i mean I've been in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's been about over 10 years since last time I was there, but I've driven by it many times on 77, and it's changed a lot, especially the stadium, which hosts the Ohio High School Football Championship. So I think I I really got to go down for that one. I know it's going to probably be like, jam crowded and everything as, a lot of browns fans for sure i bet as
0: as cool as i think that that that, that would be and i think it's a likelihood that the nfl will, will do it um and they obviously will not do this because of the money and the tickets involved but i i to be honest with you don't want to see the browns play in the hall of fame game because i think the hall of fame game is a waste of time um, I don't think it's good for the players. I don't even think the coaches like it. I, you know, you're adding on an extra preseason game, uh, and they get it televised and the fans and all that for money. But I mean, let's face it. I mean, we're we're watching fifth string guys. You know, I know last year Josh Jacobs played in the in the uh, in the Hall of Fame game, but that is a real rarity. Half the time you're watching third and fourth string guys that aren't even gonna make the team. Uh, be in, in that Hall of Fame game, and it's really bad television. Uh, so as much as I think they're probably going to do it, and as cool as it sounds, uh, to be honest with you, I'd rather just have Joe Thomas' induction, not see the Browns in the Pro Football Hall of Fame game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty much just like that game that starts off preseason. I I really think since it's now a three-season playoff, and if the Browns are in this one, just make it part of the, the home play, the home-up, preseason game and you know have season ticket holders like hey you can this one will count as yours like what did i wouldn't add an extra preseason. i don't I don't i don't know how they did it last year with the,
0: so so those the teams so game. they did it they did it just the way they used to before so obviously before there were four preseason games uh so if you played in the Hall of thing game you would play five so now if you play in that you have four preseason games And you know my thoughts on preseason to begin with. I I don't like it at all. I think it's a scam, again, for for TV, for tickets. I think in 2020 when they didn't have preseason, I don't think we needed it. I think a lot of these teams can really scrimmage and – Figured out with these joint practices, which what most of these teams want to do anyways, because most of the teams now aren't even playing their starters at all. Uh, Jaylen Hurts played one series in the preseason. The year the Rams made the Super Bowl last year, Matthew Stafford, none of their starters really played one snap in the preseason. So I think it's just you, you know it's forced some of the young guys to make the team. I get it, but I just I have been really since about the COVID pandemic hit, I've been really. Kind of distasteful on preseason because I think they're wasting everybody's time.
1: Yeah, I mean, totally get it, but I I do think you know uh, preseason is better than the pro Bowl or what is it now? I mean, forgot the, to mention the, that. Which
0: which which that to choke as well. Uh I don't know who watched that. I didn't want to waste one second watching it. Um, I don't care about it. Um, to me, you can just acknowledge it on a player's resume and don't play the game um i think that the nfl and the nba and mlb and all these leagues do these all-star games and these preseason games and they do it because they get more on tv it's again tv revenue ticket revenue uh but when you have stars that are not playing in these games or people that aren't taking the game serious we see a great product on the field for you know, nineteen, twenty weeks, if you include the postseason, and then you watch basically a joke of a game, you know, right before the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, you pretty much do. I mean, you know, forgot to mention, like, Joe Thomas went to a Pro Bowl every season. I think it used to be known like a very, like, honor, privilege, you know, to be doing that. And I just think looking at how they tried, you know, make it better on TV this year by not even playing a real game or anything, it's Still such a joke. I mean, they're doing it in Vegas, you know, the players are there to go out and have fun. I mean, I I really don't know much about it. It's the pro ball is probably one of the worst out of the big four. I mean, that same weekend, the NHL was doing their all-star game. I was actually able to watch some of theirs and they do just, you know, like a three on three tournament, pretty much, pretty much between each team. So each play. So there's three players on the ice plus the goalies when so they go against certain and so they make that a little fun i mean always said like baseball has been the best one i went to the one in uh cleveland when it was here in 2019 and then the nba one i mean last year was pretty cool i mean it was in cleveland 75 years of the league but usually the game is Quality is pretty bad on that one So
0: yeah I mean I you know I've I've just been a Boy that I'm not a big fan of the All-Star game and the activities And all that it's just just not my Thing again I get it Because some people are really Really into it but it's just not my thing
1: Yeah I can understand I mean I do Like the you know home run derby Uh, The NBA Saturday night has always just been A Uh, hit or miss with the slam dunk and three point contest. I agree. And hockey. I watch it here and there. I mean it's a good sport to watch live and went to a hockey game not too long ago in Columbus with the for the Blue Jackets. So I mean it's always good alive, but TV hockey is really hard to watch. But you know, appreciate all the football talk we've did in first trial, but we gotta get into uh a a native of northeast ohio Uh, probably the one of the best players to put up to to play basketball and probably not obviously the best cleveland cavalier player of all time you know he's no longer on the team lebron james breaking kareem Mm Abdul-Jabbar's scoring record you know a very amazing uh trying to watch it that night but I was having issues with my cable so I was just kind of looking on Twitter but you know still pretty cool seeing that you know a former Cavalier or maybe he might retire as Cavalier you know or just kid from Northeast Ohio kid from Akron you know was able to do this and just an incredible story that he was able to pass Kareem's record what's your thoughts on LeBron you know doing this and it We'll get into the debate a little later.
0: And so, you know, um, you know, I'm not the biggest awards guy in the world, but this is one that I think is truly significant. Um, And one of the reasons is because it's such a longevity award. Uh, And another reason is because LeBron is not known as a score. LeBron's best attribute is his passing. Uh, and LeBron has never been the greatest shooter. Now, he got better at shooting throughout his career. Uh, when he first entered the Wii, he was more of a mid-range, try-to-the-basket guy, and he's still arguably the best person to try to the basket in the entire association. Uh, but as he's grown, you know, his uh, outside jump shot and his free-point shot has improved dramatically. And again, you know, he has not really had a ton of significant 60 point game or 50 point games. He's had a few here and there, but they mostly have been, you know, 30, 35 ish point games, which aren't huge, you know, by today's NBA standards. Uh, and just the fact that he in the regular season alone, because this does not include postseason points, um, with him being the NBA's all time leading scorer, it just shows to me his greatness. Uh, and again, it shows to appreciate the fact that you should never, you know, not appreciate greatness because we will never see this again. I don't believe it'll ever be broken. I
1: I really don't believe that records in there, but I mean, still pretty amazing. He was able to accomplish it. And just, you talk about his longevity in the uh, NBA. I mean, he came right out of high school at 18 years old and he's, I can't believe already he's been playing in the NBA for twenty years. I mean, my whole life, all I knew, LeBron James was the best, and I mean, very lucky to see him in person many times down at Quicken Loans Arena. You know, leading us to our first ever title. You know, I mean, but when you talk about him as a you know player overall, he is more of a passer. Even on those bad caps. he still had like an average like five, six, seven assists a game but you know he came up a score you know when it's better but when you mentioned like his points and stuff again yeah he he may drop like 40 50 points you know occasionally but he never has those huge scoring games like kobe did with 81 points or you saw with donovan mitchell and Devin booker dropping 70 points or even jordan dropping like 60 some points a game he I mean, just wasn't like that but Him able to just do it, it's been pretty much longevity. Him not having a big, serious injury throughout his career probably helped, yes. And then when it talks about you know him and Jordan, I mean, Jordan took that break to play minor league baseball for two years, which didn't work out, and so that's where it passed on Jordan. But
0: and and you know, you you said, you know, obviously, we are not going to have the debate of debates today, but you know, for whatever debate and whatever belief you have, I do think just in general terms, you know, I think it helps LeBron's goat case in the future, you know, because I have said in the next 10 to 15 years, no matter what people think right now, there's going to be generations like us pretty soon that will never, ever see Michael Jordan play live. And so Michael Jordan will kind of disappear in, in, in the ether a little bit, just like, you know, 20, 30 years from now, Uh, whoever the next GOAT player will be, which I think there's potential for this guy from France coming, Victor Wimbenyama, for the number one pick next year. Uh, I have said I'm very high on him, but whoever that next guy is, like LeBron, is going to disappear, you know, 20, 25 years after because there will be people that will never see LeBron play. So, But I do think that this achievement helps him in that regard because people will remember this.
1: Yeah, very interesting way of putting it. I did hear about that French guy before him being the top player in the draft next year, but when it comes to, you know, LeBron and Jordan, I still think it's debatable. You know, you turn on ESPN Wednesday morning or that whole day watching get up or first day, yeah, they're still going back on LeBron Jordan. And that's debate is going to keep on going on at lunch tables, at schools, you know, barbershop bars, you name it. People are still going to debate on that one forever until, you know, like you said, someone else comes around and starts, you know, getting much, you know, notarized as Jordan and LeBron were. But I think like a lot of people in like the next few years or whatever, will still like say, is it LeBron or Jordan? And I really do think that I, they call in the Ken Carmen and Anthony Lyman show that morning to talk about and give their take. I mean, I think when it came to our generation stuff, we didn't see Jordan play. We just saw LeBron, and then Jordan came out with the last dance in COVID and gave his side of the story. And Kevin Caron gave me a good point that Jordan was really saying, you know, more about, you know, it was all by him. You know, he had a lot of say in the last dance. So, which really, you know, kind of we know was trying to skew it. I mean, he did say something, you know, about congratulating LeBron on pe- passing the scoring title. So, And there is some mutual respect between the two greatest basketball players of all time.
0: And, you know, I think, too, it puts Kareem a little bit in perspective, because Kareem, you can make an argument, is top three or in the very least top five. So, you know, Kareem's been kind of out of the shadow. I know that you personally um, have put Kobe Bryant in there as well. Um,
1: Yeah. You know, the weight,
0: the weight, great Mamba. Uh, But it does show, like, hey, Kareem was really good. Just nobody remembers it because everybody now, pretty much alive, doesn't remember seeing Kareem play.
1: Yeah, that is true. A lot of people, I don't hear a lot from, like, Kareem. I mean, I I hear Magic Bird sometimes, too. I mean, that rivalry in the 80s, you know, I was when, like, you know, my parents were, like, growing up, you know, them in, like, high school and things. Lakers-Celtics rivalry was at an all-time high in that time. But, yeah, it's a very, you know – it's the way to put it i mean i do think i do have massive respect for kareem i mean especially him sitting courtside watching you know his record after i've like 30 40 of 30 40 years you know being there and then lebron just takes over but you know you know every record's meant to be broken you know i mean maybe some NFL quarterback might break brady's record who recently retired again, I don't need to get into a whole story no. on Brady. I did it last year, and then I felt like this year with whole Tom Brady's retirement, I'm like, all right, I don't need to really get an emotional like message about it.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, kind of sad about Tom. Um, you know, just because, again, I don't want to see the greatest player to ever play the, the position and ever play in the NFL retire. Uh, I don't understand this notion that people want to see greatness retire, because I certainly don't um but again tom tom had a, a great career as lebron and mj and we're very blessed we got to see all these great people you know either through video or in our lifetime
1: yeah that is very true i mean especially with Brady, and i, I still say greatest quarterback or nfl player of all time i just think you know he this past season just really wasn't his year mm-hmm. so he. He might have, you know, he made a couple, you know, mistakes and stuff, went through some personal issues too, but uh, enough of that, but Brandon, it was great seeing you on. I'm going to be texting you a lot during uh, that Super Bowl. I know you're probably not going to want to look at your phone or anything, but I'll probably text you, you know, just about the game or something, you know.
0: Oh, I'm will send sure. you a
1: picture of me and my Eagles gear before kickoff. So I know uh, that
0: I'm sure when I look at my phone, because I will look at it at halftime and probably at the end of the game. I am sure of the amount of text because I they my phone actually blew up right after the NFC Championship game. So I can only imagine what's gonna happen this Sunday, 6 30 p.m. Eastern time, 4 30 p.m. mogul time in Arizona on Fox with the great Kevin Burkhardt and Greg Olson making their symbol debut as the announced team. It's going to be a lot of fun, and Fly Eagles Fly.
1: Yeah, Fly Eagles Fly is right, so it seems like you have no interest in Rihanna and the halftime show, really.
0: Hey, listen, you know what? Rihanna, when I was really little, I didn't say I like every song of hers, but she was pretty good. Uh, I'm, as you know, I'm not the biggest halftime show. I don't really care about it that much, especially with my team being in the game. But I'm sure I will be so focused on the game that I won't even care how she sounds.
1: Yeah, I, I know, you know, sometimes on each halftime show it gets its fair share of criticism. And I'm sure this year's will too by like, you know, many different people. But we all know the the great thing about the Super Bowl compared to like the Olympics or the World Cup, where those are events that last, you know, couple weeks really. That the whole world pays attention to the, the Super Bowl is the only game worldwide where it's, it's one day, one game, that's it, and the whole world's watching. I I kind of was like realizing that with the whole World Cup and Leonel Messi winning his first ever, which I thought was pretty incredible, kind of got me back in watching soccer and everything. But I just kind of realized, you know, everyone talks about what's the biggest sporting event in the world. For one day, it's the Super Bowl. But you could say the World Cup is probably the biggest just sporting event in general. But the Super Bowl is that one that happens. One day, one game, that's it. And the whole
0: world's watching. One day. And and as it gets closer, the excitement and anxiety gets more intense.
1: Sure does. All right, Brandon. Go Eagles. You know, have a great weekend. You know, try to, you know, do the best you can. You know, keeping everything calm and everything. And then be focused on game day.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you, Andrew, so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on Past Mike. Thank you.
1: Hey everybody. Thanks for listening to that first part with Brandon and Lewis, my good friend from Kent State and Eagles super fan. You know, can't wait for the Super Bowl on Sunday between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. But let me get into another big event that's going on, also happening in Phoenix, Arizona. We got the waste management open or the Phoenix open has a whole bunch of names, so I'll get into that. Uh, a little bit of stuff going on with Pass the Mic. I mean, I know it's February and we haven't posted an episode. and uh, Same thing to do with a little of my other show at Bet the Mac. I'll get into this. This is only going to be a brief part of the show, so it's not going to take up too much of your time of the podcast. But the Waste Management Phoenix Open is technically what it's called. And it is the one golf tournament where... It is crazy atmosphere. Uh, I have some people that I know that are down there this weekend, and from just looking at it, if you think of golf. It's more you know calm, you know golf claps. That you know it's not crazy and rowdy, but this one's crazy and rowdy. And the way I'm seeing it on TV, and I have to ask my friends, uh, especially a. Uh, Joey Ortiz, listener of the show, I'll ask him what was the atmosphere like and everything. Just give him a shout out of, you know, is this like, you know, attending like a college or college football game or an NFL football game? Because that's the atmosphere I'm getting. I'm getting more of that college football vibe, really, because, you know, a little bit of a younger crowd. A lot of people, looks like they're 20s, some, you know, 30s or older. But I mean, hey, it's very crazy. You know, it's that famous TPC Scottsdale, you know, beautiful course, I mean crazy but yeah really it's like that one tournament it's like all right almost here you know i'm gonna start following the tour a little more you know it's getting the golf season boys you know get the club you know loose and everything i mean now there's indoor simulators there's a couple out in the cleveland area now i play at one of them down the west banks of the flats called west bank golf club so you know go get give them a Check out, you know, book a tee time there. You know, we you can play at any course, including TPC Scottsdale, where this one is being played at. So, yeah, a lot of things. You just they're a little hype energy for golf. But if you're looking at how it is on uh, today, before the cut, we have uh, defending champion Scotty Scheffler in first today. Minus ten under through round two. John Rahman second with eight under. You got Wyndham Clark minus seven under. Tied with Sujimin with minus seven under two. Looking at that, Jason Day is minus six under along with Alexander Shuffle with six under. Speeth is five under. Ricky Fowler's five under. I haven't heard him name his name in a while. Max Homo's minus four under. Tony Finals four under. Justin Thomas is 3-under. Uh, Kuchar's 3-under. Looking through more. I think a big name recently today has been Rory McIlroy. He didn't have a good day yesterday, but now is 2-under on a tournament. So, yeah, as far as the overall day, I did make a couple uh, bets on uh, this. Did a little bit of like a parlay where I picked the ones who finished in the top 10. I don't know if I really feel like listening, but... They listed out a couple of names so you figured out if you know me on what they took on, but yeah. Waste management open is just one I really want to attend because it's different than every other golf event you ever attend. I've only attended one actually in my whole lifetime, and that was uh, the memorial down in Columbus. But this one's on my buckets list, along with of course the beautiful Augusta National at the Masters, where I can probably still hear Jim Nance's sweet golf voice, you know, Nance, you know, just, he's just a fabulous announcer, not doing Super Bowl, neither is Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, since they are no longer on Fox, so yeah, it's going to be a different Super Bowl, uh, enough of that, I'll get in some things with that, pass the mic really quick before we finish off this show, so yeah, I think the last episode we did was in September during football season, and it, very strange of me, really, to not be doing shows. During that, I know the whole brown season was a mess, disaster. It's what we expected, all right? I didn't have high expectations that this team. I didn't expect them to even make the playoffs. So, yeah, the whole Deshaun Watson mess, you know, I had a couple good games, your Coach said, but, yeah, I was just getting caught up in things and work and stuff like that and just realizing some things. So going to be doing, you know, some more content as it gets closer to the March Madness. Obviously, all the golf majors will be starting up. Uh, masters, of course, start up in April. So we got that to look forward to. Uh, Michael and I are going to try to get back into doing our bets. I mean, the whole uh, sports betting now, legal in Ohio. We, we might do st- things different, but still keep the ice cream bet. And then with uh, the other show I do, Bet the Mac. Haven't done an episode since after the Mac championship game. And we are trying to get into basketball, but the thing is with basketball and betting, the lines don't come out to the day of a game, so it's kind of complicated getting a bunch of people together on a Zoom call or doing a a show in person. Some things change with people and everything, but you know it'll all work out at some point for us. So. Well, we'll try to get an episode soon, maybe before the MAC tournament. I mean, it's going to be hard giving people the betting advice they need. So that's the only issue with, I realize, doing a betting podcast. It's Especially when it comes to basketball. I know football's a little bit easier. Games are once a week. The lines are out, so if you want to bet that day, you can. But we'll figure it out. But, hey... Great being back on air on Past the Mike Sports Talk. And we'll have our good man, Travis Kelsey. He's in the Super Bowl on Sunday. You know what? Go ahead and take it away.
0: I learned one thing since I've been here you gotta fight!